0: Hello, Evan, we're back. Hello, as far away as I am here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Evan's other mic headset isn't working on this Podbean Live, so he's sitting very close to me. We are snuggling. I have to talk
1: into the microphone in front of Brian's face.
0: Yeah, yeah, literally. Uh, So uh, we're going to have just a close encounter today. Yeah, (laughs) just really close. It's going to be a close, intimate chat about magic. Welcome to episode 97 of EDH Wrecked, the podcast about finite commander and hating on Thassa's oracle. But again, we don't do that too often because they've learned their place. Uh we have a guest. And we have a guest.
1: We teased last time, and we said you'd never be able to guess at all who the guess, uh, His guest profession. is going to be. His profession. Well, any part of it. Yeah. So
0: uh, so before we introduce him though, we'll just give a rundown on what this episode is about. As I, as anyone who's tuned in can see, it's called Something Something Da Vinci Code sequel, which is a reference to Angels and Demons, I was going to make believe. that joke yeah. in
1: our audio check, but then we didn't record that. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, no, Brian,
0: no. I tried to drumroll. Um. So- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it recorded. So, uh, like anyone knows, if you played Magic the Gathering in the last 35 years or 32 years or however... I guess M30 just happened, so 30, 31 years. Uh, it, there's creature types in Magic the Gathering. Uh, when the game started, it was very fantastical, obviously, in the 90s. There was your elves and your orcs and your 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 goblins and your soldiers and your zombies.
1: But no humans. That was a controversial
0: thing. A later, later edition. Um, but two of the creature types sort of went past that sort of Tolkien-esque era, you know, pushed back into the history of mankind way back in in some of them. Uh, And those were angels and demons. And uh, I've always found it odd that when you look at the inclusion of all the creature types, uh, you have fantasy, 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 ultra-religious, ultra-religious fantasy, 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 fantasy. So, I invited uh, a, uh, a priest on. David, thanks for joining us. David, I don't know your exact title. Are you a priest?
2: I'll accept Grand Poobah. Grand Poobah.
0: Grand uh, Pooba as well. Okay, yeah.
2: Um, so, I mean, technically you could call me reverend or father or whatever. I prefer Dave. Yep. Uh, well, then uh, so, is, yeah, well than David is. So, yeah. Uh, so, did you get any good guesses as to my job? No, no
0: one guessed at all, no. No 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 one guesses. Well, Well, that's terrible. So yeah, I work with
2: uh, I work with Brian. I'm a hospital chaplain, Um, and uh, I also have a background in uh, classics, so like ancient philosophy and theology and that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So that's that's where I come in.
1: Are we doing? Are we doing? I think we have a little bit of an echo on Dave's end. Uh, Are you hearing
2: an echo coming? on my end?
0: Yeah, when I talk, I can hear it come back over. Although it just stopped again. Perfect. Okay. That's
1: When huh. we're really loud.
0: Um, okay. <laughs> so essentially, Dave, what I wanted to do was discuss with you uh, the ideas behind sort of angels and demons and their inclusion in a fantasy game. So before we, we jump in, why don't you, with uh, since you probably know more about it than us, why don't you give us sort of like a brief background on angels and demons culturally and religiously in the world where do they come from where do the ideas of because i mean elves and dwarves have sort of been solidified by the ideas of tolkien rpgs whereas angels and demons predate pretty much every other creature type in magic gathering
2: sure um so i've been i've been trying to think just this afternoon about what's like the oldest place you might be able to see something that we might think of as uh an angel or a demon but so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump part way back there and then i'm gonna go really far back before we come forward so first of all the words themselves uh angel demon and devil uh all come ultimately from ancient greek okay so angel uh is a word which has a really long history before anything theological gets a hold of it. Uh, it literally just means, so angelos is uh, a messenger. So that could be like the guy that runs on stage in the tragedy and says, oh no, Odysseus is dead, and then runs back off or whatever. So it's just a messenger. So the meaning of angel ultimately is this sort of messenger thing. That maybe the divine... Um, The sort of Greek equivalent for that would be somebody like Hermes or Iris, who has a much more ambiguous uh, uh, quality. So some of these sort of divine messengers and go-betweens. Okay. And so as for uh, demon, that uh, does appeal to the Greek religious structure, the Greek religious imagination, maybe if you want to talk about it that way, um, in terms of being uh, what's called a daimon. And so a daimon are these really interesting morally indeterminate, so they could be good or bad or anything in between, uh, types of generally uh, fairly intangible or mostly incorporeal or sometimes entirely incorporeal uh intelligences or um sort of potencies right fields of intensities maybe uh so for instance one of my great heroes socrates always talks about himself having a daimon, uh this sort of wise spirit that never gives him advice it just tells him when something is a bad idea
0: (laughs) so it just steps and says hey man hey uh, yeah, just like this. Calm down, calm down,
2: buddy. Yeah, you're getting a little bit into your uh, into your oats here, buddy. Like, just take about twenty percent off the top, and then we can keep moving. And so, I mean, the funny thing is, it never tells him that uh, going around the marketplace and pissing off everybody by uh, asking them questions till he reveals their fundamental ignorance of the concepts that underlie their lives. Never tells him that's a bad idea, which is fascinating. Um, it just
0: it just lets him do his thing and then uh, he takes the heat if he needs to. Exactly. The, demon, right? the demon's just like, look, man, this is what you're doing, bud. Lays it out for yeah. him. This so is your job. historically, demons were religious before angels were.
2: In in that sense, in, in terms of the Greek language, yes. And that would also be true of Diabolos. Uh oh. so the Diablo that, that
0: video game came out way after <laughs>
2: I don't, oh, what yeah. a great set of games but also participates in this whole uh sort of aesthetic discussion that we're talking about here right in terms of like a heaven and a hell and all sorts of stuff but yeah no perhaps um, lacking explicit appeals to theology just in terms of using it as an action oriented setting right uh but so here um diabolos also comes from greek it comes from the greek word diabalo, to throw through or throw down along or something like that uh and so diabolos is like the thing that pokes holes uh it it just like chucks a brick through the window of your glass house uh and in that sense diabolos me being the base word for devil ends up working its way into um the judeo-christian sort of consciousness well let's say just the, the 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 hebrew scriptures what christians often call the old testament um in terms of principally uh moments like the bet between god and a satan or the diabolos as it's called in greek or satan which mean the same thing right satan was like a king's um secret agent that would go out testing loyalty to the king uh and in this case the diabolos is like literally the kind of devil's advocate person playing okay. the opposite god's suggestion that this dude job is is actually doing all right actually as the, as the website <laughs> would say um right and so that whole bed occasions this series of horrendous misfortunes with like a happy ending rainbow tacked on at the end, I think probably a few hundred years later by an editor. Um, but the, so the words, Diabolos, Devil, um, Daimon, Demon, and Angelos, Angel all come from Greek, but they do appeal to things that are from much earlier. Right. So like the, if I think back to the earliest place, you could find any reference to one of those things, like a kind of divine messenger that might be ambiguous in character um, or might even be outright challenging you or bad for you. Um, it would be this, I think there's this like, it's like a lion statue, but the lion has, uh, it's very long and fragmentary, but it has sort of human looking limbs and it's clearly carved from one stick. And I think it's about, oh gosh, 35 or 38,000 years old. Um, a thousand years old? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: Jesus, it's a little old.
2: Well, no, he's a little later, Uh, later? (laughs) but uh, (laughs) the uh, the next place you'd find him crop up, at least that I can think of, would be about eleven or twelve thousand years old, and that's called Göbekli
0: Tepe. It's one of a series of. Evan, Evans places. gesturing that he knows what that is. Evan, Evan, I, knows oh, right
1: I know it from mostly from ancient alien conspiracies, though. Ah, <laughs> no. um, well,
0: that's, for another, that's, for, another <laughs> that's <laughs> for another episode. That's for another yeah. episode. That's uh, another episode.
2: So Gobekli uh, Tepe is this series of uh, is this large hill that covers up a series of complexes that look to have had symbolic or ritual or religious function. The really interesting feature of these is these are circular enclosures. Most of them have these kind of T-shaped pillars at the center. They're often a pillar, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, Sorry, a pair, sometimes more, sometimes less. But these things often depict, um, with a humanoid-ish form sometimes, uh, uh, things that are much larger than a human. So maybe in the sense that... Like later in, in Sumeria, the god depicted will be much taller than the uh, the humans to signal their importance, just like a king would be larger than the king's subjects and or the, pharaoh. Okay.
0: He'd be up on, and... on top of something or pedestal.
2: Or yeah, or just depicted as like literally twice the size of everybody else. Okay. Um You know, so the Gobekli Tepe has this seeming relationship between animals, times of the year, this sense of reverence perhaps for like ancestors or the things that make us human among all these other animals. Um, And that certainly points to both ritual, but recently as I've learned, there may be signs of down lower on the hill, there may be signs of ritual feasting as well. Which would be in hunter-gatherer societies or the things that are transitioning from that to more sedentary societies, um, they would be um, acutely aware of things in the environment or things they could point to as causes for this or that, that would exceed both their like pharmacological knowledge of the land around them or their interactions with animals that would be explanatory of various things. Right, If you live too near where the the sheep poop, you're obviously going to get sick, uh, but maybe a sickness that doesn't arise in any of those normal ways, we might think of some other external cause or uh, that sort of thing, right? Okay. And so demons arise, I think, really, really early in that sense. These sort of semi-divine beings that are less than like the sky or the sea or the mountain or uh, lightning or that sort of stuff, but have this potency, nonetheless, and you see that showing up in um, places like Shuttle-Huyuk or Jericho in terms of house decorations. But one of the coolest places is in um, ancient Sumeria, and it's this dude called Pazuzu.
0: Um, and, <laughs> Evan, so- Evan just whispered, "The Exorcist." <laughs> <laughs> So Pazuzu is
2: de- depicted as this sort of horrifying face, kind of monstrous-faced creature with arms and legs and normally a pair of wings coming off the back of it, like a, a crown-type thing or like horns on the top. And so Pazuzu is kind of scary-looking, but one of the places that Pazuzu is found, um, really interestingly, I was listening to this, this talk by a guy called Irving Finkel, uh, who's, I think, from...
0: Uh, I don't universe. believe that that's a Paul real name. Or... I don't I don't <laughs> believe that Finkel's a real name. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> uh, he might be um, the British Museum. But anyway, uh, he's the guy who did the recreation of Noah's Ark, which was oh, so much fun. Um, sailed it down some river, I think a river in India, a river in Iraq, somewhere like that. Anyway, uh, this guy was talking about these little Pazuzu statuettes, if I'm recalling correctly, that would be found under the tiles of houses. Uh, because the Pazuzu was scary enough that other demons wouldn't come in the house. Hmm. Uh, So it was like you had one on your side that was like a guard demon. Uh, And so amulets and ampullas and um, all sorts of charms and jewelry and stuff like that come out of ways of working with these uh invisible and corporeal entities uh that go right up into like the ritual magical traditions of of um Kabbalah or the the esoteric traditions of the West and other places. But these also show up in uh Hinduism, in Buddhist tradition, in you know the 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 this the the African continent. They're all over the place these kinds of um, things that spring from I think really the the religious intuition or religious imagination or spiritual imagination of uh, of human beings all over the place, right? Okay. But, so
0: yeah. now, from uh from from the, the magic point of view, you know, angels were included along with demons. There was three of them at the beginning of the game. There was the Lord of the Pit, demonic hordes, and Sarah Angel.
1: Right now, at the
0: beginning of Magic, uh, it was a far more shall we say segregated set of colors. So. White was the color of good and healing and protection. Black was the color of, although they never, although, yeah, it, originally they had the pentagrams and stuff. So it was the color of sort of evil, you know, oh, death, yeah. necromancy. He
1: tried to blur the lines and have it less be, you know, holy uh, as thou, uh, white and, you know, evil as
0: thou. Eventually black. they but, did. Yeah, 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 It was
1: a little more cut and dry at the start. Now,
0: from the point of view of, Obviously, the angels that we see depicted in magic are of Mm -hmm. a certain type. They are, you know, kind of like, I guess you could call it like a Hollywood angel.
2: They're like people with wings, like Nicholas Cage. Beautiful,
0: beautiful people with wings. usually women, too. And demons are sort of hulking winged back creatures. Those angels
2: in magic are almost exclusively women, aren't they?
0: They're, there's a yeah, couple Actually, close. yeah, I think it's almost all. I'm struggling all. to
1: think of a male one, but it doesn't mean there isn't one, but most yes are female.
0: At, at least the the, the 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 like legendary ones I it's think like, are all. But I think there's so, also like it borrows
2: from an interesting tradition of like, you know, like the Boris Vallejo kind of Frank Frazetta style of cover yes. art.
0: And oh, 100%. Stuff yeah, new, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Which I think is an, another interesting thread there, but not exactly pertinent
0: here. So from the the point of view of uh, of uh, sort of, we'll, we'll jump to Christianity here. Catholicism, sure. Christianity. Our angels, guardians in magic, they're sort of defenders. They're they're powerful, uh, right. but normally they're they're kind of one on one. They're overpowered by the demons. Like the de- the original demon mm-hmm. was seven seven. Which okay. was at that point, I believe, the second largest creature. I think Force of Nature was eight eight, but it was yeah. on the ground. Whereas a Sarah Angel, which was a white finisher at the time, was a four right. four. So, is that uh, a, a good representation of what of what angels and demons were in the sort of battle in the heavens, shall we speak?
2: Well, I mean, it's interesting, right? Uh, I, so, I think when you when you jump from the sort of polytheisms of like deep antiquity. Uh, and even the kind of ways in which there are echoes of that in the developing monotheism of the Jewish faith as it goes through these sort of thousands of years of development. Um, In Christianity, you find all sorts of um, wild depictions of this, but fundamentally the... um, the really bedrock Christian understanding of angels that is only departed from really in like late modernity in like the, the, in the rise of fundamentalism and that kind of stuff where angels once again become more like things to be bargained with um, or like invoked and that sort of stuff. Um, But angels are ultimately sort of laid out and uh, defined by this really fascinating dude who's uh, borrowing from the late Greek philosophical tradition under the figure of a guy named Proclus, but uh, ultimately brings it into the late ancient early medieval Christian tradition. This is a dude named uh, Pseudo-Dionysius the Areopagite. Uh, Because he's not Dionysius the Areopagite, The Areopagite. <laughs> he's pretending to be Dionysius the Areopagite. But he so writes he's a, his Is a Dionysius'
0: imposter?
2: Yes, because Dionysius the Areopagite is a dude who shows up in the book of Acts. So he's writing as a guy who met Paul in biblical times, he literally writes out a version of uh, when Mary dies and all sorts of stuff, uh, which I assume is probably collected from monastic traditions he was aware of. In his particular order, because he's clearly a monk of some variety, but um, he ends up writing these texts, one of or two of which um, also coin a word that we use a lot these days, hierarchy, which is two Greek words, hiera and arche, Uh and hiera in this case, hieros hiera, means holy or sacred, archa means a source or arrangement, and so in this case really means both. Uh, so it's a vastly different meaning than what we normally use hierarchy for today, right? Like, it's like worlds apart. Because uh, what you're so, really talking about is this way in which things are arranged in a sacred fashion. The universe is a sacred sort of whole, the, the, the spiritual cosmos. And these two books are called the Celestial Hierarchy and the Ecclesiastical Hierarchy. One is about like churches and bishops and stuff, not important for our purposes. The other one, the Celestial Hierarchy, lays out uh, an understanding of angels that follows Dionysius like triadic idea that the Trinity is sort of repeated in everything. Right. And so each, so there are three ranks of angels. Each one of them is uh, broken into three parts. So you'd have seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, uh, virtues, powers. Um, something archangels and angels. So angels are like the bottom of the heap, uh. And these these sort of types of uh angelical beings, these messenger beings, are basically serve as a kind of mediating tissue between the total incomprehensibility uh, and beyondness of like the divine consciousness, uh. Which is precisely how Dionysius describes it. He's like. There's anything you sort of use as a word or a concept to point toward this will fail, although it may provide a wee glimpse, right? Like that's the best it's going to do. Uh, So that sort of abyss, uh, or maybe abyss by excess, mediates itself into sort of concrete, articulate being, space and time and the difference of moments in history and moments in geography and that stuff and different human beings and those sorts of things by way of these, uh, sort of emanations into the various layers of concreteness. We think about that these days from the other direction, right? We think about it from like strings or quarks or whatever you want to put at the bottom all the way up, right? These various little vibrations come into more and more concrete shapes. And eventually you get a whole human being or a universe, um, and so I think the thought is not that weird, but the furniture we put around it is vastly different, right? Because these things are intelligences in the sense that <coughs> like the Greeks and even uh, many Christians of that period would call uh, the um, call the planets visible gods.
0: Well, yeah. They, I mean, we, we spoke about this at work the other day, about the fact that... Yeah. You know, if you didn't understand how something worked, it became part of the godhood. It became part of the mysticism of your culture, you know? Why does the sun glow in the sky? must be a god.
2: Yeah, and it's an interesting thing, right? Because for them, the sense of understanding meant (laughs) finding its place in that sort of divine organism, right? So this is the point I'm coming to. When you ask about whether angels... And demons are individually more or less powerful. It comes down to the fact that by the time we get into Christianity, demons aren't demons anymore, right? They're not just the animating spirits of nature through the work of folks like, um, Tertullian and other quite angry weirdos, but also I think they were brilliant, but they were really angry and reactionary in some ways. Um, they wanted to violently or or as 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 forcefully as possible disengage themselves from the lifestyle of antiquities and so they just called everything a demon. They're like, oh that's a really bad
0: thing. It's a demon So it that's just, a just became a it just everything became blamed on demons. Yeah. Well um, everything
2: everybody else's gods became demons, right? And speaking so of... Okay. So what ends up so two seconds. What ends up happening is demons themselves end up getting reinterpreted classically and through the end of the ancient world into the medieval world as the angels that went with that devil from Job, who also gets talked about in the gospel, like of Luke and that sort of stuff. Right. And in the, in the, uh, in the, the apocalypse of John or the Revelate the book of revelations. So, and in various other places, but um, that devil ends up being understood as The devil, the antagonist, in a sense, as a personification of those forces, which, while originally created but eternal as angelic, end up going a different way and so become what we understand to be demons and devils and want all kinds of things from humans. Because, you know, and and you get into your C.S. Lewis uh, screw tape letters, but the best one is Dante. You know, when you actually meet the devil at the bottom of Dante's Inferno, the devil is frozen in ice, and the only thing he can actually do is just move his wings and just chew his three faces on Lucius, Brutus, and Judas. Uh, Iscariot. Um, so he's actually quite, he's entirely impotent because it's as far from divine love as you can get. That's at least how Dante would teach it. Anyway, moving on.
0: Um... At, since you're speaking of the devil i think this is a fine yeah. segue for this in magic uh demons tend to occupy the black domain where it's you know evil incarnate um sort of you know pure anger uh, power at any cost and devils occupy red for the most part which is chaos uh
1: mm.
0: which is dealing aggression
1: aggression uh, but also like weirdly, like creativity and impulsiveness,
0: but mm-hmm. and damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they it's die. More chaotic. Uh, yeah. So what is yeah. the difference between a devil and a demon? Is there a difference?
2: Well, I think there's 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 a couple answers to this. And one it appeals to the sort of modern imagination about these in terms of like consumer products, but one the other is Let's go back to Dante for a minute. So in 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 the Inferno of Dante, there's all these levels in hell, right? Yeah. And the lower down you go, the nastier it gets, because the more deliberate, willed, intentional, and less accidental, the um the sin or the departure from love would be, right? Yeah, like um, each each layer
0: goes, is like a an, an additional layer of sin, essentially. Yeah,
2: exactly. And there's yeah uh because right it's important to remember the words that are over the door right divine love made me is what it says right in the sense that uh and dante asked this question of course as they're going through he's like what what the crap is that supposed to mean uh and the guy's like essentially this is the shadow that uh is from the sun of love which is why it's depicted as being subterranean Uh, most effectively, right? Because it's a realm of total darkness. Um, As a dude who has been lost underground, I can definitely attest to that fact. But um, the uh, sense in which um, the, the, the devils and demons are different would be that sort of sense of the deterioration of the soul Or the deterioration of the sort of moral will or integrity as we go deeper through the inferno, right? Because the important thing about Dante is that Dante was very clear: this is not some kind of attempt to depict an actual afterlife. This is literally, I think he says in this wonderful letter to this dude who also has an awesome, impossible name. His name was Can Grande de la Scala, Big Dog on the staircase.
0: Perfect. Uh, So many good names uh, in this episode so far. I'm loving it
2: yeah, man. I think he was he was the head I think he was in Verona. Can Grande was maybe in Verona somewhere like that. I forget. Um someone will correct me, I hope. but um
0: the... <laughs> I, I don't think any of our <laughs> listeners will. I think you're safe. You're safe.
2: <laughs> um, anyway, so he he writes in there that that this whole poem should be read as under that branch of philosophy called ethics, which should mean the transition from misery to bliss in this life. So he's kind of dealing, like, he's poetically depicting different, like, moral positions we can find ourselves in in life. You know, those moments when you're, like, looking in the mirror and you're like, how did I come to this point?
0: Yeah, those yeah, you are, wake like, some up, of those, like, You wake those up, those... you don't remember the night before, you know, you're like, you can't even look at yourself in the mirror. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. how much did I drink? Is I... this woman dead? I don't know. These are questions I can't answer.
2: <laughs> exactly. Am I in the circle of the lustful? The gluttonous yeah. or the murderers?
0: Or did I, or oh, yes. am I still up on <laughs> Earth and about to go to one of these circles? I don't know yet. Right? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Now, there's an I'll interesting
2: get you. segue, actually, because I remember you said something about the Sarah Angel, that in one interpretation of the Sarah Angel, or in some angels, they actually will take over people's bodies, kind of like what you see in Supernatural. Um, and there is actually the one weird reference in Dante to that he, he meets one of the popes. And he's like, just a minute. Aren't you still alive? He's like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But ever since this one decision, I've been down here, and it's just something else operating my flesh. It's like the most uncanny moment in the whole inferno. It's crazy. But he's been uh, replaced. Yeah, he's just like boop. Land of the Body Snatchers. Some what was dude- the-
0: What was the star trek episode with the little things in their in their their bodies oh yeah
2: yeah season one episode 25 man
0: yeah so so david for those of you who don't know listening so i actually appeared david has his own podcast called locutors of trek which Mm -hmm. is a star trek focused podcast and unlike us with magic these boys dive deep like they dive deep (laughs) So uh, as soon as I made that <laughs> reference, I knew Dave would be able to like shoot off exactly like be like episode 25, 37 minutes into the episode. In fact, we discovered, it. and so I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna drag oh, it out man, here."
2: That bowl of uh, mealworms is just disgusting.
0: That was um. a gross moment. Um oh. but I, I was on your podcast in that uh, in that trivia thing. If anyone tuned, oh, in oh, that's for right, that. that was great. Uh, fun. Yeah, it was a fun time. Yeah, you yeah, weren't man. there that time, but uh, but I was. Did you win trivia? Indeed. No, I finished second.
1: Oh, that's... I finished second, good. yeah. Oh, to
0: three. So, I mean, you know, it was halfway. <laughs> second Half. last. Yeah, yeah. Second last or second first. Your choice. Uh, <laughs> so, rate, so right smack dab, the perfect number three, because then you're just right in the middle. It's perfect mediocrity. Um, Jumping forward here, David, I had yeah, sent yeah, you a couple links about some universes there and stuff like that and Magic, and I know that you had said you had gone... Over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, a couple of them sort of revolve around angels. Um, and the mm. big one in particular uh, is Innistrad. And Innistrad is sort of mm-hmm. like a gothic plane of existence. I don't know why I'm explaining it to our listeners because... Yeah, but... explaining it to right. I'm explaining it to Dave, <laughs> who's already also read this. But anyway, it's a gothic plane that is a battle between mm-hmm. angels and vampires with demons mixed in. Right. For fun. Uh, well, demons are there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Um, so the, the, the whole plane sort of revolves around the idea of these, these factions going to war with each other and then different Mm -hmm. factions. So it's the, is apart from sort of the idea of the fall of, of the devil, Mm -hmm. is there a documented struggle in Christianity between angels and demons?
2: And there was a war in heaven. The, uh, the uh, Revelation of John, or the Gospel, or the, the, the Apocalypse of John, the very last book in the whole Bible, uh, at least, you know, the one that's most commonly used by people, um, uh, does contain references to this, yes. And, um, I mean, it's interesting. I think that's where some of these threads ultimately come from. Because it's like, apart from... The latter half of the book of Daniel, which again is one of these amazing sort of apocalypses. And apocalypse, right? We got to remember, apocalypse doesn't mean um catastrophe, right?
0: It means apocalypse. zombies. It's like, yeah, no. yeah I get you. No, it's like, it's apocalypse like zombies. Apocalypse comes yeah, from, wrong.
2: again, wrong, two Greek words, apo, up or away from, or uh, so I suppose away from or, or leaving, and kalupsis which is uh hidden so an apocalypse is literally that's why it's called the book of revelations because an apocalypse is when everything is actually revealed and laid out um and it has this kind of like psychedelic kaleidoscopic feeling right because the whole beginning of the thing is crazy right john's like okay so one sunday morning i'm like standing there in the back of the church listening to what's going on and I turn around and there's an angel behind me. And it starts just like, it goes off and starts showing him this stuff. And he's like, whoop. And all of a sudden I was in a vision, which is how those things happen. Uh, uh, to, was you this know, in Greece? In all this, where, was this,
0: where was this at? Italy? This would be, he, uh, this
2: would likely be
0: uh, in Ephesus. Do magic so mushrooms grow in frequency in Ephesus?
2: well no the the uh well yes as far as i know uh but so right so the, the 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 track for john uh is that they try and boil him in oil uh in rome yeah uh which was actually outside the 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 door of this place that i stayed years and years ago uh the um oh i don't remember what it's called anyway but if there's this little octagonal building out there, that's like, oh, that's where they tried to boil him in oil. And apparently that didn't work. So they exiled him to the island of Patmos. Uh, and he stayed there for a long time and writes a number of works there, probably his gospel and then some other stuff. Uh, and then ends up in the city of Ephesus later on, which was like this crazy cosmopolitan um, spot that was like the sort of, meeting point of the east and the west in 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 many in lots like san francisco in some ways yeah right it would be on like the it would be like near the dardanelles or somewhere i think okay perfect turkey somewhere or turquilla if we're going to be totally up to date um
0: a real melting pot
2: exactly exactly and so there's this crazy cosmopolitan philosophical really interesting uh place that's where apparently he finishes his gospel and there's other stuff but i think that's I think that's where he's placing the revelation occurring,
0: okay. but it
2: is, it's what depicts this stuff. But one of the best takes on that whole book that I've ever heard was uh, a woman years ago. I was, I was in a parish. I don't do that kind of work anymore, but uh, we were running a, a sort of study and they had asked, this is a really interesting group, like everywhere from like uh I think a 15-year-old at that point, up to about an 80-year-old. We had about six or eight people in the group, 10 people maybe. Uh, And they decided they wanted to read Revelations. And uh, the young fella's mother, actually, who was just a fascinating person, um, looked up at one point and was like, so there's this like smoke coming out of a hole, and there's a war in heaven, and there's all this crazy stuff. She's like, you don't think this whole thing's just about guilt, do you? Like a kind of primordial guilt about like just the way the world is sometimes. I was like, you know, that's about as good a take as I've ever heard of it, right? That fundamental struggle between what Walter Benjamin would call like the kind of progress of the victory of the barbarian and this people who are shot through with what he'll call a weak messianic impulse, right? This sense that we can see better, but we don't necessarily routinely get there.
0: <laughs> now, uh, touching on to the same part that I just talked about, the sort of struggle between them, one of the other things throughout MTG lore that occurs is that demons and angels sort of have these very human emotions. Um, mm. They they always portray like anger or love or things mm-hmm. like that. And at times, they betray themselves. They betray their followers. They go insane. There's sure. been, I think, at least two magic 3 magic gathering story wise innistrad boros and i think sarah's realm when it was taken over or when it was Phyrexianized or whatever it's high mm-hmm. to the lore for me. Um, i don't know but at least at least <laughs> at least boros You're and innistrad
1: for
0: you <laughs> yeah evan's not the lore master here no, evan's no, not the lore no, master he he doesn't lore it up uh but innistrad yeah. and boros at least both had a falling of angels where uh their their um their leaders in innistrad in particular, she just began to slaughter the humans uh, because okay. she went insane. And in, in right. Boros, they sort of collapsed amongst themselves. And one of them, uh, Feather, tried to rise up, and they slapped him mm-hmm. down. Does this occur in sort of uh, Christian lore? Like, do do angels have human emotions? Do demons? Demons obviously have okay. the ability to play upon them. Sure, but do they have hubris? Do they have love? Do they have anger? Right.
2: Well, so there's one other comment I want to re- just remind me about the wings at the end because I'll lose. Okay, track of that. I will. I will want to um, remind you about the wings. So there's, um, there are a couple of moments which I think are really interesting. Um, there's a moment in uh, going back to, to Noah's Ark and Irving Finkel, the man with the impossible name. Uh, but in the Noah's Ark story, there's this moment where the Greek or the, sorry, the, the Hebrew in the passage that God thinks over, like what's occurring here, the King James Bible, as for all its other kind of weirdnesses about literally about magic and sorcery, because that period, the 15, 1600s was the most fearful. We talk about that as like modernity, right? But like early modernity, but that more than the middle ages or, or others that was the period where they were really freaking terrified of witches um which is fascinating right and so they had all this crazy stuff in the king james bible like, against uh sorcery and witchcraft and simon magus gets really bad this would have been the late 1500s early 1600s that's and then the that, period that trend continued all the way up witch, yeah witch yeah. burnings accelerate from there Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Because I mean,
0: Salem right? obviously wasn't a thing in 15. Oh, yeah.
2: Time. Well, because I mean, it's it's it right like the, the Malleus Maleficarum, right? The Hammer
0: of Witches. <coughs> Sounds like <coughs> a war Warhammer 40k. Um, the Maleficarum. Right? I'm pretty Space sure Marines.
2: it was either published in 1458 or 1485. So it was literally published right as the Middle Ages was at its absolute, 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 absolute end. Uh, it, it, it sort of it required the development of that high middle ages culture in a sense to 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 pass everything around and get that worried about things because there were these diseases going out of control black plague and all sorts of stuff and you know just to like just like when people were a couple of years ago every time somebody caught covid they were like oh where were you who do you think gave it to you
0: like who yeah, does yeah, it yeah. even matter yeah yeah right
2: like it's it's it the COVID does not care who it's jumping from <laughs> We should
0: have burned those people, though, like we burned witches.
2: (laughs) Exactly. But like that, that's where those impulses begin, right? (laughs) I mean, mean,
0: um, again, we saw that kind of like we didn't see actual uh, witch burning, but you you saw that reflected in 2020 to 2022. Uh, The idea of of burning these people who spread the plague or destroying them uh was was definitely relevant like this is a it's the same well, play it, 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 we just yeah. didn't have the sticks and the and the torches
2: absolutely and you know it's another place where the ancient world has greater wisdom than we can possibly plumb right because the ancient world at least <laughs> and renee girard talks about this uh in in weird ways how we translate this notion forward but literally would have things like a scapegoat Mm. Right, Like this would be a goat that the community would heap all of their sins onto metaphorically and then send away into the desert.
0: I had no idea that that was a real thing. Yeah, like, I've heard this before. Yeah. Right? I, I I mean, another no great
2: example of this is, uh, are the kinds of law courts in ancient Athens, right? For instance, there's a specific law court, the lowest kind of, of law court that could deal with uh, death. was the kind of law court that dealt with tool or livestock. David, do
0: you you have COVID? Do we need to find out where you were?
2: I've just been talking too long. And I'm all, I'm all,
0: I'm all worked up.
2: Um, But anyway, so for instance, let's say that like you're walking down the street and a hammer falls off the, uh, the, the scaffolding beside you. And it hits the ground and makes a noise and a horse gets freaked out and kicks you in the face and you die.
0: It's very okay. sad. That's a that's a rough go. Yeah. Yeah. Lord I mean, particularly for your way. face.
2: <laughs> right. Um, you know, and all of your, you know, your, 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 your wife and all of your staff and your, your children and your slaves and all that sort of stuff in ancient Athens. Because that's how they did things. Um, so it was yeah. yeah, Right. They're, they're going to have a tough time too. But um, who's at fault? Is it the horse that kicked your face? Is it the hammer? The hammer was just sitting on the scaffolding. Clearly, it wasn't the builder because he just like set his hammer down for a second and went off to do something, and the hammer just fell.
0: Well, did so, he follow? Did he follow proper Waskell and uh, OSHA? <laughs> like was he up to date? Well,
2: so, if on, they could find that dude, safety measures responsible, sure. But if it <laughs> just comes down to the decision between the horse and the hammer.
0: Well, yeah, they, that's true. because
2: the problem is, right? If something's blood is spilled and we don't find out who's responsible, there will come Moira, doom, blood guilt on the city. Right? Back to the demons and the and 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 all of the stuff that happens if we don't actually follow the rituals right away. That's why we bury Pazuzus under our floor or have Hermes things around the city or something, right? So let's say we decide that it's actually the hammer's fault because it fell, made the noise, spooked the horse, right? Yep. What you do, you take the hammer, you disassemble it, ritually castigate this thing, like tell it what it's done. You take it to the limits of the city-state. Take it to the You limit. dig a hole, you throw it in the hole, and you bury it outside the limits of the city-state.
0: That's amazing. For but, a hammer. For, but but, but
2: uh, this is to, to expiate the blood.
0: No, guilt. offends
1: you.
0: So would that be a moment of like a demon? Would they would they think that that thing was possessed, there, or would they think would, it could be? Or is that how it works? There
2: could be a cloud of doom that would descend on the city. Right. This is the this is a city who at the base of the Areopagus, the Mars Hill, uh, where they had their highest court, which is where we get Areopagites from. Uh, at the bottom of that hill, they had a shrine to the Furies, what they called the Areines, the kindly ones. Uh, these are harpy creatures that jump on you with taloned feet from behind and above, uh, the way that the law will drop down on a criminal in like a Batman story, right? Uh, we're not that, that far off from this consciousness, right? Like Christopher Nolan makes big bank on this stuff.
0: He does, uh, yeah, that's true.
2: So, you know, that 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 sort of shrine at the bottom of the sort of hill of justice is met by something something ultimately hopefully different at the top um but yeah back to the wings so wings are a really interesting feature of this whole thing because demons get bat wings very often and angels get like feathery wings
0: yeah feather wings yeah yeah there's literally an angel in magic called feather
2: right so the, the wings themselves come very very early they're like mesopotamian you can see winged uh bulls that have human heads you can see dudes with wings and awesome luxuriant beards there are there are lots of people with wings and there are also winged things that show up in the bible and other places uh, but the wings themselves are never meant to indicate actual wings
0: so they're not flight they're, meant, they're not there to like to 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 fly
2: well what they're meant to indicate is the freedom from limitation that wings imply. It's a
0: metaphor. It's a metaphor. Right? Evan just told me. Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, fair. I'm, I'm, I'm following you now. I'm there.
2: So, so in the sense that birds have a degree of freedom, like you know, when you have your like lamp arm, however many joints it has, or however many degrees of freedom it has, right? So birds have a degree of freedom that we just do not have because we splat and they don't. Unless they run into a window because they're idiots,
0: well, but, or into um, a jet airplane engine.
2: <laughs> oh, so true. Or Fabio, um, Fabio,
0: Randy Johnson throwing a fastball, <laughs> baseball. Yeah, one. Randy That's Johnson right. hitting oh, him with a God. fastball. Yeah, I watched Maybe that game live. That was amazing. Clip
2: on the internet,
0: that bird exploding was exploding. Pint in whatever it was. It had no. That was a hundred mile an hour. Okay, right so that reminds
2: me of something else. The the Renaissance <laughs> had an angel of chance. And it, an angel she literally spun something called the wheel of fortune. So That's
1: Pat Sajak card.
0: is an angel.
1: <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> you, you guys
0: heard it here. Pat Sajak, right? angel, and the man does do good do good work. Let's not get right. One. He's yeah. not been. All he I hasn't been, been Me Too or anything, has he? No, I think he's doing well. I hope not. So yeah, because that would have gone down really bad right there. If I <laughs> that. <laughs> That's true. takes. <All laughs> <tinks. laughs>
1: If you want to find out, you have to Google controversy after their name. Oh, yeah. Controversy.
0: Contra- so uh, one of the other <laughs> things that I wanted to talk to you about, David, just as we, we come down to the final few topics. Magic sure. Gathering from 1995 to 2002 mm-hmm. uh, banned the the word demon. They did not print a demon. Interesting. Uh, and so uh, what are your thoughts on it? They did it because of the satanic connections. So. Oh, you know, is and this is this the panic stuff.
1: When when I was a kid uh, and got into magic, uh, there was a couple of us who wanted to do it. And a friend of mine wasn't allowed to play because his mother said that magic was satanic. And that was a very common thing to have occur. So magic was oh, yeah. trying to sort of distance itself more into fantasy and less into, I guess, demons and religion to avoid this.
2: Which is yeah. fascinating, right? Because D&D, which is like... we went through the same thing, yeah. Did yeah. a similar thing, right? Because yeah. there's loads of demons and devils, and I think the split red black between demons and devils uh, is more from the sense of devils being the uh the deal
0: makers, is what they kind of exactly they were like the lawful evil dudes, and demons
2: were chaotic evil. Your yeah. Labrezu is a demon, and uh, you know your your devils are much more like your succubus or that sort of thing, or an incubus.
0: Um, I believe bearded so, devil was one of them. There was, a, there was oh there was yeah, a oh, taxi with his beard, oh, yeah, yeah, literally yeah. with his beard. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that thing was awesome. Uh, it reminds me of a, an old an old piece of uh, luchador footage where a guy literally attacks like ass first, throwing himself through the air. Uh, so, like these do, are not good body parts to attack
0: with. So you went through the, you went through the, the D and D one in the eighties. So did oh, you, yeah. was that, uh, effective? Did it do anything? And do you think that magic should it like, would it have made a point from 95 <laughs> to 2002? Was it a big deal? Like was Satanism rampant? Um, like,
2: Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 no. The real, the, 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 the functional history of the satanic panic is actually the dis a rediscovery in the late 80s and sort well sort of mid-late 80s of the malleability of memory in a psychoanalytic sense, right? Like the for all listeners out there's a wonderful movie. It will be a tough watch, I grant you, called I think Waltzing with Bashir. Which talks about the uh, Sabra and Shatila massacre.
0: Evan has seen it actually. He just uh, he just
1: said it's a rough movie for anyone. Uh, it is. <laughs> but you
2: remember then you remember the scene at the start, or close to the start, where the the sort of filmmaker goes to visit his friend in the Netherlands, and his friend is a psychoanalyst, and he talks to him about both the intergenerational transmission of trauma, and the malleability of memory right that there is this inherited trauma in terms of what he feels is animating the Sabra and Shatila massacres but also and what allows the sort of use of these philangists or, or or allowing the philangists into this this area but um the uh the 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 power of that scene of the psychoanalyst friend is when he implants a memory in the filmmaker, right?
1: It's been a little uh, bit since I've seen it. I'm trying to remember it. But I'm he, more he horrified by the last five minutes of that movie. <laughs>
2: you know, oh, oh no. Like those are the ones that like beat your brain up. Right. Uh, and like your moral centers entirely. But um, there's this, mo- they're talking and he, he, he elicits a memory from the filmmaker. Then he asks him a question and he talks about it and He's like, you've showed me pictures of that. Like, you know that there was no red balloon in there, but I just put the red balloon into your memory. Right. So the, the, um, I think there's, in terms of the satanic panic, there was this moment where people were doing huge amounts of like hypnotherapy and regression therapy and all this kind of stuff with young people. (coughs) Without, um. Attending to the actual developmental psychology of children.
1: Yeah, there was a belief that uh, recovered memories were a thing and that if they sort of dug deep enough into the mind of someone, they could uh, sort of unlock what was hidden away due to trauma. Uh, But I believe it's all been discredited and they just basically said, you just, you just told kids this happened and the kids said, sure, the more you talk about it, the more that sounds like what happened.
2: Yeah. And you know, I mean, there's, I think there are, there are moments where deep, deep trauma does cause repression and dissociation that happens, but really it's, it's, it's depersonalization and it's very various things like that. Right what we end up finding. Um, So to me, the prototypical case for this would be, if anybody wants to read it, read uh, Freud's account of his interactions with Dora, someone with whom he actually breaks clinical boundaries on repeated occasions. The whole problem of boundary crossing and the implanting of... Memory and the power dynamic between the therapist and the patient, especially when the patient is a minor, uh, characterized the satanic panic. But it had these profound impacts, right?
0: Um, <laughs> it, <also, laughs> you know, it, it carried over all the way into into the 90s, and like we said, Magic Bandit mm-hmm. used de- a demon. And at one point, I mean, they're they terrified a,
2: of entirely losing their market, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, Magic gone through this type of hoops before they did it with gambling.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that was a legal reason, though. <laughs> they did not get declared as gambling as a product, or they would have to have other regulations on them.
2: <laughs> I don't know what the legal declaration of you are Satan has as standing in a court. Um,
1: no, but it's probably bad, honestly, bad for the bottom dollar. would
2: be like, hold my beer, right? Uh, They do some amazing legal work, let's be honest about that. Some of the most creative activism comes from satanic churches in the States.
1: Yes, there's one that's trying to uh we're getting into the weeds of other things I know about. Um, <laughs> there's some group but I can't remember what it is and they they sort of like hold psychologists accountable who are but I wish I could remember it. But I remember hearing oh, about it and the big I would thing very is like See if I can I'll as we talk I'll see if I can google this group right and on, see if I can right remember uh, what I know about it. They're in the US somewhere.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, cuz I think there's the trouble is there's value to many of these approaches but you know the overuse of or sort of brand appropriation is i mean part of the trouble that we're that we're working with you know look out here uh part of the trouble we're working with here is the dynamics of capital on top of all this right the satanic panic wouldn't have been a thing if it didn't sell well as a news story uh in terms of an easy scapegoat for all sorts of things people saw as perceived ills in the society, which went back to a a, a moment ultimately, you know, in the 90s prior to the discovery, of the algorithmic way of producing TV, but it was still behaving according to some algorithm, right? Just not a self-conscious algorithm yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... I, I feel like there's a, I don't know if you have, I feel like there's a bit of a resurgence in the satanic panic recently, but that might be a topic for another time.
2: Oh, Harry <laughs> Potter made it come back in huge ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it hasn't really gone away since. <laughs> no, no. It feels like uh, the, the worst of it was the late 80s, early 90s when everyone thought that, uh, you know, everything was happening, but... Um, mm-hmm. To get off the rails, a uh, QAnon is uh, pretty close to satanic panic. There. Oh man,
2: there's there's a huge amount of that stuff, and I think, you know, one of the reasons that, I mean, to me that that some of that is happening has been both the progressive elimination of training and critical thinking from our educational environments, but also the way in which uh, the discovery of dopamine hijacking, what is this, 15 16 years ago, uh, through Facebook and Google has largely reprogrammed us into cyborgs, uh, who are, you know, who are, who That's are Good stuck.
0: movie. Good movie. I believe it was Jean Claude Van Damme.
2: <laughs> oh man, that was a good movie. good movie. Um, but to bring it back to a theological uh, moment, there, there, there's this this dude called uh, Teil de Chardin, who was like a paleontologist and paleoarchaeologist and a, a military chaplain in the trenches in World War One for the French, and also a Jesuit, uh, who talked about this moment when we would extend our nervous systems across the entire surface or maybe surrounding the planet in what he called a noosphere. And I think like, I'm literally holding a rectangle that allows me to do this with you. We're doing it right now, right? Like the noosphere is active. Uh and in that sense, to bring it back to magic, the like the the sense in which like history collides with itself and this stuff can come back. Uh I wonder what the market dynamics for magic are now. Like what is the what is the thing that magic would shy away from
0: these magic- days? magic has done a pretty bang up job of kind of separating uh good and evil from their game for example white mm-hmm. no longer carries the day for good it carries the day for law order justice and civilization you're, you're meant to infer that it's good but no longer do they have like the holy weapons or not as much um right and they right. don't do like the holy armor the holy strength uh but it's That's still interesting. there just so by
2: kind of a process of compartmentalization
1: yeah that
0: they're yeah yeah and one himself. of the the last thing i wanted to touch on before we, we uh we bounce out here the last topic sure. uh is so in the game uh magic recently especially they've sort of begun to dip angels into other colors and other spheres of influence so you have uh you have white and black angels uh angels that sort sure. of you know angels don't, of death. There is angels of death, there's angels of sort of like, uh, like, well, the Valkyries for for the, the Viking set, Kaldheim, mm. they are classified as angels. So is there, right. apart from, we, we obviously went over the, the war in heaven, mm-hmm. outside of Christianity, is there uh, that you know of any sort of precedent for switching sides or, you know, angels turning into, or those type of beings turning into the bad beings or vice versa?
2: Well I think I mean the 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 funny the funny history of it is right like I think the sense of many kinds of spiritual beings having an angelic function in terms of a messenger function uh that's true in a huge number of places that it also yep. has These would be,
0: those old ones would be messengers for anyone correct like hermes was just a messenger for the gods regardless of whether it was yeah whichever or god or,
2: asked him to right and he yeah, was a god yeah. of secrets right so absolutely right and, and and so the um the fact that um there might be Valkyries who would be inter... Right, because we're talking about messengers, but we're also basically talking about intermediaries, right? Uh, the fact that gods have intermediaries between them and humans appeals to that very, very ancient sense that, like, if a god showed up with its full power, like when Leda asks Zeus to show up, not as a swan, but as Zeus, or... Something like that, like you'd basically just explode, right? Doesn't like that the,
0: kill the the density of
2: being would just overwhelm you. Sorry,
0: when 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 uh, she asks Zeus to show up, it kills him, right? Yeah,
2: kills it just them? killed her. Yeah. She just dies yeah. right away.
0: Does,
2: yeah. And that's Hera's plan, right? Because uh, like she's pissed off about this latest dalliance. So Actually,
0: really, Hera. when you look at it, sort of the the Greek and Roman gods and these these past gods more reflect the mtg lore of angels and demons then much more so the, much the more. christian the christian view of it
2: the Absolutely, modern i yes. should
0: say the modern christian view of it
2: yes and even and, and you know in some ways the modern christian view with a, a an antagonistic devil who's powerful and always looking to get you and that sort of thing would much more reflect it than the ancient or medieval conception of the devil right because the, My
0: thought is that is that the the modern that's a depiction of the devil,
2: weakness, right? Parasitic yeah, weakness
0: is sort of like because I sent you that link on Rakdos, and I don't know if you read it. Yes, but that, the showstopper. That's kind of like what I would say would be the truest representation. Is like a carnival of evil. Yes,
2: and he's it's trying like, to bring
0: you like in. Excess. He's trying to. It's trying to bring just it a
2: mirror in. image, right? Come yeah. to the dark side. We have cookies. Um, They're you delicious. know, like but ultimately you're going to meet pinhead uh and so in some sense so this brings me to a really interesting point right like the there's a way in which the modern world is going to differ from all of those ancient depictions of angels or demons in a really qualitative sense and it's in terms like the ancient world itself except in the lowest levels, like the last, like eight and nine of Dante's Inferno, for instance, doesn't really have a firm conception of what we would call positive evil, right? For the most part, the ancient and medieval worlds function on imagining that, or on, on the, the, the principle, let's say, that every human being is seeking what they imagine to be the good right? Whether that is the immediate fruition of their physical desires or whether that is some long-term strategic plan to build the greatest civilization ever known.
0: Well, yeah, every everyone's yeah. striving for for what they believe is the best outcome.
2: Right? This is essentially the Socratic intuition that everybody is striving toward what they conceive to be the good. Aristotle will add that even bad things appear good to bad people because their perspective is like behind that in terms of goodness. So they'll see something that's less bad than they are. They'll be like, Oh yeah, that seems fine. Basically it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Right. Um, They're like, they're awful. And they see these other things. I'm like, well, that seems fine. We'll just chop up the cats or whatever. So, so, The, um, but in, in the, one of the things that modernity adds to the problem or the question of, of ethics is this possibility of positively chosen evil. Uh, someone who chooses to do that for the sake of doing it without any reference to a potential good coming out of it, you know? Um.
0: A positive evil so like um and this trying would trying to wrap sort of my head
2: pinheads, it. this would be like pinheads in, in 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 the hellraiser movies pinhead and the other whatever they're called uh versions of the fact that at some point pleasure and pain transcend any differentiation
0: uh, okay i get what you're saying now okay yeah, right yeah. so like
2: they will inflict the most horrific torture on people because they know they are past the distinction between pleasure and pain. And that is diabolical, right? Or demonic.
0: So that's what you're time saying time. that that's a modern take.
2: That would be a modern, positively chosen. They know it's going to hurt you, yeah. but their moral position is in some ways a positive, like a, literally a positioning development, positive development of that ethos. Because somehow they've gained some differentiating stance that allows them to see the orientation toward good as just virtue ethics, as opposed to some other form of ethics, right? It's like those forms of geometry where triangles have necessarily more or less than 180 degrees, uh, as opposed to Euclidean geometry. Those have all been devised in the modern world or postmodern. Because we came to this moment where we're looking at things and we're like, oh, that's one possible configuration. Well, what's a different one? And that has led us to, well, you know the history of the 20th century.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's
2: been going well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's on a good course. Oh, exactly. super <laughs> interesting. Like, like 23 years recognize. into
2: this millennium so far, yeah. we're doing great. <laughs> we're done with the 20th
0: century. Those mistakes are in the past. All
2: right. Christ. What magic, could possibly go wrong now? Magic
0: only existed for seven or eight years. Don't worry. We're well into the future of magic. Uh, David, Christ. we are going to uh, wrap this up, but I really want to thank you for being on the show. Yeah,
1: it was a good talk. Well,
0: it was amazing. I
2: appreciate it. I, I I hope I haven't not answered any questions too
1: egregiously. <laughs> uh,
0: no, it was, it was awesome. Uh, I hope to do it again, actually. I have some ideas milling in the back of my head about other uh, ones we could talk about, particularly oh, I druids and to. wizards okay they uh, haven't oh, done oh, the this star- man
2: the <laughs> wizards are my jam
0: well there we go
1: they're doing a doctor who crossover so we'll call you when the star trek one inevitably happens <laughs> <laughs> live long and <laughs> prosper dude david
2: where
0: can they where can they find you online you and uh, you and your your podcast partner oh so
2: online. you can find us uh under the united federation of podcasts look for that banner uh the uh brothers mater have all sorts of stuff going on (coughs) oh oh my gosh it's amazing from like i don't know how they keep up regular jobs is all i'm saying they do so many different kinds of podcasting from big brother to re-watching stuff to whatever but where you'll find us myself and my uh co-conspirator davin uh Is under the label of Low Q Tours of Trek,
0: and you guys do really deep dives into Star Trek.
2: We we tend to. Davin tries to restrain me a bit, but as we say <laughs> on the podcast, he does tend to go on a bit. So that would be <laughs> imp. <laughs> <Well, laughs> as sure you discovered.
0: Everyone, uh, it is a really good podcast. If you're into Star Trek or just into these ideas that he's been springing forth here too, because they dive. Um, but thanks for joining us, Dave. And uh, thanks Evan, so much. we were yeah. really close today.
1: I know we're really like m- mere centimeters away from I each could other. Kiss him right now, and I, I
0: wouldn't even have to reach forward. Um, <laughs> yes. <but> th- <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we will join you again. We're closing in on episode 100.
1: Yes. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. And, uh, and that's it. Click it. 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 Yeah. Right. We'll see ourselves yeah.
0: out. Thank you All so right. much. See you later, everyone. Been living like a fucking reptile.
1: Face down in the Gunner Funk 2